0: Uh, I'm not a tech head.
1: Well, you know I'm not either, and uh, so I, and I really appreciate you agreeing to talk to me because honestly, when I when I when I talk to you, Larry, I don't feel like I'm a bagpipe player either. <laughs> oh, just 'cause just 'cause you're you here. Here's what I'm gonna do, Larry. I'm gonna tell you the things I know about you, and then you fill in the blanks. Okay? Sure. Here's what I know. I know that you play illin pipes, which I think is just awesome that is my Uh my dearest dream is to get and learn to play a set of illim pipes um i know that you have every single bagpipe tune that has ever been written stored in your head (laughs) and it's accurately filed under (laughs) its proper name and and i know that you are the as far as i can tell the one and only waspaba rep um in or in the in the in waspaba and uh, you are present at every competition I think that I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs> now, you uh, fill in the blanks. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, where would, what, which blank first?
1: Well, you know, wh- wh- whatever you feel called to, take me through it chronologically. Where did okay. you grow up? How did you get interested in this kind of music? And it'll probably flow from there.
0: Oh, great. Well, Springville my hometown, and uh, I spent a few years away and then came back. And uh, uh, as far as my piping um, experience has been, uh, ever since I was a little kid, I think the earliest movie with bagpipes I remember seeing was, we called it Gunga Din, but if you do the poetry, it's Gunga Din. And, uh, and it was just exciting to hear that, and uh, uh, that music And um, and after that, I tuned in whenever I could. And, I would go watch the municipal parades, and as soon as the bagpipe band had passed, the parade was over for me. And uh, that's all that mattered, huh? That was it. That was all I was there for. Rest of it, rest of it interested other people, but not me as much. But
1: do you happen to remember what pipe bands you were seeing or hearing in the parade?
0: Yeah, it was always the Salt Lake Scots. Um, they they did the the ones uh, a lot of the local ones down here. The Utah pipe band was very active. Up north at the time, and uh, when I joined, there were, there were there were only the two pipe bands, uh, to my knowledge, in the state. That's kind accurate. Yeah. And uh, and so, uh, but it was always those uh, uh, Salt Lake Scots and the Red Scot uh, tartan that uh, went by, and uh, I you know I just loved the sound. And later, later they made. Uh, uh, an appearance in the movie The Devil's Brigade filmed out at Camp Williams here in Utah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, and I'd, of course, it was a great movie all around with great actors, but as soon as the pipe band passed every time, you know, to me, that was, uh, you know, the, the the highlight of the movie for me.
1: I've seen some, some clips and images from that, you know, just from being local and knowing some people who are in mm-hmm. the band, you know, who reminisce about it. But I've, I haven't seen the movie yet. Do I remember right that it was actually a movie about, um, I, want, I want to say it was about an, the Italian army, is that wrong though? Uh,
0: well, it was a combination, it was um, forces in the American army and the Canadian army that uh, mm-hmm. joined together to form a, uh, what became known as the Devil's Brigade, I Got guess. It. According to the movie it was christened by one of the German officers that, uh, that they'd captured, but, uh, um, and, and it dealt with their, um, their combat experience in, uh, in Italy.
1: Oh, so that's why I was thinking Italian. It
0: was yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And it was was it the in the movie at least was it the Canadian members who brought pipes with them to, the, yes. to this whole outfit?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, they were led in led in uh, into, uh, into Camp Williams following the Salt Lake Scots and uh, <clears throat> and they had trained the Utah National Guard to uh, to march British Army style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, but. Um, Anyway, uh, of course, after seeing that, you know, uh, I had more desire to do it, and it was always a lifelong dream to pick up a set of pipes, but there was nobody around here that I knew until it was summer of 1979. I saw a photograph on the um, cover of the, I guess it would have been the uh, the Salt Lake Tribune with uh, three pipers, and I picked up the phone and dialed one of them and And uh, I just happened to get with the one that was most willing to help me. And uh, so I met with him, he let me blow his pipes for the first time. I almost passed out. Oh, is that how he started (laughs) you? Yeah, Yeah. and he said, "Okay, now you need to buy a practice chanter and buy this book called The College of Piping, Book One. Mm -hmm. And so I went away and purchased it and called him and he goes, really, I didn't think I'd hear from you again. (laughs) I think that's the way it's gone for most of us that are, you know, willing to take on students and teach. We start a lot of people, and after a lesson or two, they, you know, they, they see it's going to be more of a challenge than they'd than they'd anticipated, yeah, and yeah. then they're content to continue their dream by listening to others play it. Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, and hey, nothing wrong with that. But of course, no. the, if you teach a few people, you kind of have to adjust your own expectations or you'll start getting down on yourself thinking you're mm-hmm. driving people away from it or something. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember after, uh, uh, the movie Braveheart came out, I started seven students one night on, all around my kitchen table on practice chanters. The next week only five came back and eventually there was only one. And, uh, later she quit because she got pregnant mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and then, of course, raising a kid, and that didn't get back to it, but then years later, I met her, and uh, she was registering her registering her son as a solo competitor at the Payson oh, Scottish that's, Festival. Well, that's great. So, and uh, she was playing her grandfather's pipes, who had piped with the Salt Lake Scots as well, and uh, so her son is now playing them, keeping the, you know, the um, uh, the tradition alive in the family. That's
1: really cool. I love okay. it when I meet somebody who's got you know, their great uncle's pipes or their grandpa's pipes and stuff like that. I, I hope that, I hope that my, my David Booth pipes will be played by multiple <laughs> generations eventually. That would be really cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, one, of the, one of the pipers that inspired me the most in my early days was Don Baxter. He, he passed away recently, but his. Yeah. Um, Rob. Bachelors. Yeah, Is, you, you know Rob. I do know uh, Rob. Yeah, he's yeah. playing. He's playing his pipes. Yeah, he's playing those old Hardy bagpipes. Don probably acquired those in the early 1960s. And as is typical with the uh, 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 with the pipes, we all uh, my first set is was also a set of Hardys. The uh, imitation ivory uh, on them uh, changes colors. And yeah, it sure does. <laughs> <laughs> kind of goes through an orange to a deep orange and. Uh, yeah, those are deep orange at this point. That's <laughs> oh story. yeah, yeah. I don't think they could change anymore. more. Yeah. <laughs> so it is it it is really cool to see those uh, those traditions stay alive. And uh, um, I have my two sons are playing uh, as as well. And um, <clears throat> there's other families around here like the Barclays uh, with the Utah Pipe Band. Yeah. They, uh, you know got the generational thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. They, their grandpa, their dad. Then the boys that are my age, Jim and uh, John, mm-hmm. uh, and then their sons, and I guess are probably some getting, of the grandkids, getting right? yeah, yeah, getting onto the grandsons. Oh man, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And uh, and then um, uh, oh, several years after I started, then another real exciting event was when Jerry Chatwin started up the Payson High School pipe band, and, and you know that's still going well. Yeah. Uh, as, yeah, as you know.
1: Didn't he start up the pipe band and also the Scottish festival there? Was that wasn't that his his thing um, too, or am I remembering wrong? Well,
0: I think it was because because of the growth uh, of that early of that early pipe band and their successes. You know, in the high school marching band uh, um, events and that that, that helped uh, helped get it going. Uh, early founders down there. Um, I remember t- in particular Helen Scott. Um, I worked with her for a number of years and uh she was just a real go-getter and uh,
1: i volunteered for her at petite neat for a little while the museum that's there in payson um as a teacher no just as a i like mopped and stuff oh <laughs> yeah. yeah but i sure <clears throat> liked helen and i could, you know it was funny that like before she passed away it's like it was like you'd see her and you know she she was having a little bit of a hard time talking and stuff but she was still up and around doing everything yeah. And I remember somebody saying to me who was there doing community <clears throat> theater with me, like, oh, you know, I love Helen. I'm going to be sad when she goes. And I remember thinking to myself, like, she's never going to go, you know, just like <laughs> she's look at her, you know, she, <laughs> it's like she stood the test of time. She's never going to go.
0: Well, part part of her may have gone, but we're talking about her right now. And uh, she, uh, uh, to raise money for the Scottish Festival, for two winters uh, we had a, a practice chanter uh, class going on down there, and uh, and and uh, oh, two I th- two nights a week it might have been, uh, we had quite a few people come in and go through the um, uh, go through the program and. Uh, was so, that held at Petitnee <clears throat> at the building? Yeah. Yes, it was.
1: Now, uh-huh. is did that feed in any way into White Peaks Centennial Pipe Band, which started later, and did their practices there, or was that just you know no. it happens to be a community center, so it's likely
0: that people would go there? Yeah, I, um, uh, uh, you know, I think White Peaks was um, was uh, more with uh, you know alumni of the of the Payson High School. You know, Don Don Smith was uh, yeah. you know very instrumental there and put a, put a lot of his life into. Uh, into that band, yeah. and uh, uh, we did have uh, pipers from the Payson High School band come in and help as instructors. You know, for the uh, for the beginners, we had a beginner in an intermediate level.
1: <laughs> and now, Larry, do you still play with the Salt Lake Scots?
0: Um, I took a number of years off, and uh, I am cur- currently playing with the Salt Lake Scots uh, uh, with a Grade Five band, um, and w- it, it's uh, this year. I guess January of 2020, we, uh, we we launched our Grade Five band with uh, a lot of very fine students, and uh, and we, unfortunately we haven't taken the field this year, and yeah. uh, I'm afraid to, to take. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm afraid with the the next round of auditions, I'm going to lose some of them because they've done they, they, they've done so well. Uh, I think they could uh, advance into the Grade uh, Four band, mm-hmm. and uh, um, but uh, we're continuing to. Uh, have our practices over Zoom, and uh, and it's quite well attended. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know we're all we're all aching to get out on the field and and uh, rehearse together again, and you know get the big pipes and make the big noise.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'll tell so. you, I've I've never wanted to do a parade so bad as I do right now, you know, take take a summer off and it's like, ah, give me that horse. I don't even care. I know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, so how, how old were you when you started playing the bagpipes?
0: Let's see. I would have been about 20, 23. And at that, 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 that point, was,
1: were you were you living with your parents, or had you got married? Like, what was no, the, yeah. the home situation?
0: Well, I was I was married uh, for about two years, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then, like I said, I saw the the photograph that included. Uh, uh, well, I can still remember the three pipers. It was Robert Means, uh, Bruce Cowley, and and uh, Tom Matlock, mm-hmm. and I just picked Tom Matlock of the three, and it turned out he was teaching Robert Means and and so uh, we got together for some rehearsals and then uh, he took us up, up to meet the Salt Lake Scots which was well, you know which was it was my dream from my younger days and then uh, uh, we later uh, uh, joined in the uh, with the Salt Lake Scots as as, as members um, probably in a, um in late 79 i think early 80 i just can't remember the date
1: And at that time, when you're getting up on the canter and then getting into the pipes and then getting with the band and getting your kilt and all this stuff, what's your wife thinking?
0: Well, that was part of the, (laughs) I told her, I said, this has been my lifelong dream to play the bagpipes. And uh, I said, but you tell me if you don't, uh, if you don't want me to, I won't call this guy. But I really, 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 really can I, mom? Can I? Ha ha! Yeah. You know, I wanna, I wanna call Tom Matlock and and uh, see what I can do about it. And she goes, Yeah, go ahead. And she thought it'd blow over. And at the time, um, all of the local pipers were doing business with the Scottish Shopper in Seattle, and her parents lived in Seattle. So uh, I, she and um, we just had a, a, a newborn, and uh, um, and so they went up to. Um, that would have been '79. Yeah, she went to um, Seattle to visit her parents and uh, and picked me up a practice chanter and College of Piping Book One and uh, brought him back to me. And a month later, I was I was uh, annoying my father, uh-huh. who was also my employer at the time, uh, for a loan of $600 to buy my first set of Hardy pipes and the and the carrying case that went with it and, and, uh... <laughs> You're annoying
1: him with those questions, not just annoying him with your practice chanter.
0: Well, annoying him with those, which became a, um, a huge distra- distraction for our business. <laughs> yeah. So later, whenever there was a gig, I would go and leave the, leave the work undone, so... Yeah. <laughs> he had a struggle with it as well, but, uh, I'd practice in our living room. We lived in a fourplex, and, uh, uh, your I neighbors practiced. had to struggle with it, too. Uh, yeah, once in a while, I'd, 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 I'd get, you know, I, I could feel the vibes coming from the other apartment. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> You know, my, my wife and I lived in a four-flex for a while, and I was always worried about playing my pipes at all. Um, even, I had some small practice pipes, but even those, I was worried I was going to bug some folks. But then, the neighbors <laughs> upstairs, it turned out, the lady who lived up there was a clogger, And she would clog in her kitchen in the morning while she was making her smoothies and stuff and i went you know what i'm not worried about this anymore i'm just gonna
0: play with one yeah 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 well i had neighbors that liked it and neighbors that didn't like it and and, uh so i would try to annoy the most people uh whenever i could
1: now now i think so most of the folks who are going to listen to this are going to be members of the Garden Valley Pipe Band, though uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd like to interview a lot more people here in the, in the local area, so maybe more folks too. But to me, you're a fixture of the competitions. How, how did you end up um, being a Waspaba rep? Uh,
0: well, um, I can't remember when it was. Uh, 2005, 06, somewhere in there. Um, I, uh, I was contacted by my pipe major at the time and asked if I would attend um, what was then known as an AGM? Okay. Uh, it was for the Great Basin Branch, and so I went and uh, got acquainted with some fantastic people there. Of course, I already knew uh, Andrew Morrell; he was stepping down as the president. Um, and uh, had you uh, been
1: lot, the, the branch president at the time, or had he been it, the? Wolf this the was
0: government? well, th- just this was um, the, the Great Basin Branch, okay, and. So I didn't know anything about it, and then they said, "Okay, we're opening, uh, you know, nominations." And Rob Rowe um, uh, nominated me to be uh, uh, Great Basin Branch president. Guy. Yeah. Yes. And so, so I, I sat there and I go, "Well, um, you can vote for yourself, and then you have seven votes representing the um, Grade Five band of the Salt Lake Scots." So I um, I did, <laughs> <laughs> and I cast all my votes for the other guy, and I still won, and so. <laughs> I spent two years, and you know we, we had a lot of fun. We had a workshop for um, mass bands. We were, Mickey Shaw is a great drum major from the uh, West Coast, and she came up and spent a weekend with us up at Davis. Uh, 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 oh, Camp Davis. No, it's uh, at Davis High School in. Uh, okay. Up in Up in Kaysville, and uh, and then we had a, another workshop using Payson High School and. Uh, um, oh, Sean Newton was there. I remember I took Sean's class. He was teaching the Straspe reel, and uh, um, and then uh,
1: was that was that fun to take a class from Sean? Oh, is he
0: going to hear this? Oh yeah, absolutely. He will. <laughs> and, and he's going to love it if you bag on him a little. I'm sure. <laughs> you know, uh, I I enjoyed. It. He's 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 very knowledgeable. He was a, you know yeah. it was it was great uh, you know uh, working with him. I think it was a. The stress bay was the Caledonian Society of London or something like that. It has a bunch of triplets in it, and uh, uh, I hadn't heard the song, the tune before. I can't remember the name of the reel, but uh, oh yeah, Sean. Sean was a lot of fun to to learn from. And uh, um,
1: and so, in spite of your best efforts, you end up president of the Great Bra- ba- Great Basin Branch. In <laughs> yeah. Wars. And is it just? By by virtue of having been there, then you knew some of the Wespobar people, and so then when they needed a Wespobar rep, it was like, well, you know, Larry could do it. Yeah. Well, what
0: happened was uh, uh, during uh, during my term, uh, the previous Wespobar rep stepped down, and I needed to find somebody to do it. It, it, it it's uh, uh, it's by appointment of the branch president, and so uh, um, I, uh, I I think I. I conned Bruce Baxter into helping out, and then uh, um, and, uh, I don't remember who else. And then after, um, when it was time for the next elections, we were down at, uh, uh, at, at Payson High School, we ha- held our AGM there uh, because, um, oh, I can't remember, is uh, it Carrie Welton, Was that her yeah, name? Yeah, Kerry, yeah. Okay, I, um, she was able to get the um, building for us, and so, uh, we held it down there, and I just said, okay, you're next president. <laughs> I let him know. I said, it's not going to be me. And so I can't remember who followed me, but he asked me to um, uh, st- uh, be the whisper Rep. And so... um uh, uh, that sort of start- like you're
1: the next president. He said, fine, but you're the next <laughs> rep. <laughs> yeah. So I helped.
0: We <clears throat> stayed involved with him for a long, uh, well, for, you know, the next two years, and then I expected to be uh, let go but it's a job that few people wanted Um, but you know I I, I really enjoyed it because I get to know everybody and uh, I don't um, you know I I, I get to mingle with all of the bands and uh, get you know get acquainted with uh, uh, with everybody and and so uh, it would be a it would be kind of a disappointment to me now (laughs) to Uh, um, it now, to, huh? yeah, you should well, say that out loud or you're never going to be free. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was one of those jobs nobody wanted to do, but, yeah. uh, you know, you go to the games, you get in for free. Um, some of the games give you the VIP treatment and, you know, you score a free lunch out of it usually, which is uh, better pay than I, I get from my regular job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, of course, but, uh, um, and, and so, you know, you get there early in the morning you, and, uh uh, a lot of the work has been done by the, by the games organizer. You know, in, in Payson we've had, you know, I've worked with a lot of great uh, great people there, the games organizers, and uh, and so they've, they've done a lot of the, the heavy lifting. i um, primarily there to uh, make sure that the, uh, the rules are followed, that people are properly rostered um, uh, ahead of the time so there's no disqualifications, and, uh, and then I handle the score sheets and post the results to the WESPA. Uh, person and and then mail them to the banded solo registrars for uh, for recording mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know carry a stopwatch and time the the timed events and stand out in the sun for longer than I like to but uh, it's um, and you know on some of those days it's nice not to have to wear a kilt.
1: You know I I'm with you man. I... <laughs> For a few years, it's great, it's really cool, you know? It's like every time you can put a kilt on, heck yeah, I'll put it on, you know, and I'll wear it all day. But after a little bit, I kind of start feeling like, you know, I just want to wear pants. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I could get hired for a gig and they wouldn't expect me to show up in a kilt.
0: Yeah, well then later on, because um, people got to know me around the Great Basin Branch, uh, we went over to the Intermountain Branch and and helped uh, the... uh, the the uh, Grand Valley games at Grand Junction, oh yeah, their, yeah. their first year, and uh, we had a real good time over there. So you know, we reached out a little bit, back in about um, Was
1: that? Am I wrong? Was that like oh five oh six or so?
0: Oh, you know, I can't even remember. <laughs> Everything thinking is thinking, blended. I
1: might, I might have, I might have got to go to those games as well. Yeah, as yeah. Well, go on. Sorry to uh, oh, anyway um
0: Anyway, let's see, and then uh, later on. Um, uh, they created the position of Chief Steward for all of WESPA, which is kind of like the overseer of uh, all of the WSPA reps. So each, each branch is supposed to have um, uh, provide their, their WSPA reps as part of the uh, um, uh, service to the games. The games pay to sanction, mm-hmm. and uh, so um, WESPA provides all of the score sheets and then representation mm-hmm. at the contests and uh and that doesn't always happen but it's it's part of the package that the games organizers have paid to have and uh, uh you know so it's it, it is it is kind of a vital um well it's you know it's, i guess it is vital to um uh to the event to make sure that you know the someone is there to represent WESPA and, and the and the contest rules
1: yeah, I think this is really, honestly, very, very interesting and useful information because I think a lot of us as, as, you know, just players, competitors, you know, pipers and drummers, of course we're very aware of who the judges are. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do become aware of who the stewards are for any game because it's usually the person who runs up and tells us, hey, you got to play here or there, you know, at what time. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I think for a lot of us, the, uh, what, what who is doing right who's who and what they are doing is all kind of kind of a mystery and and part of that is possibly just because our interest goes about as far as remembering our MSR for that day you know what i mean
0: <laughs> i do yes uh, um, so it's,
1: it's i think it's really valuable to be able to hear you kind of describe what it is that uh you know that these different different people in different positions do for the game
0: yeah well um a, a contest has uh, has to pay money to be sanctioned mm-hmm. and uh and 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 by doing so this is a part of the package that um uh that that they get back in 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 return. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. So so then Larry where where did you branch into um I know you do like some <coughs> house <coughs> sessions for music and stuff like yeah. that. Where did that branch off from?
0: Well, um <coughs> back in about 1990 ish 1 1990 91 uh, I became uh, familiar with the Scottish small pipes, <coughs> group called the Tannehill Weavers. One of them um, always had a piper, and then uh, I heard this new sound. I go, man, that guy sounds like he's playing something else. Mm-hmm. And I uh, looked into it, and it was a piper named Ian McInnes and playing uh, the Scottish small pipes. So I got a big interest in that. They're bellows blown, just like the Iland pipes. Mm-hmm. Well, they're mouth blown and bellows, but I chose I, I chose the, uh, the the bellows blown. <coughs> Uh, um, in, in big part because I'm lazy and I, you know figure it's easier to pump air with the right with the bellows under the right arm. You bet you bet you can you know you don't have to worry about blowing stuff into the bag. Yeah. Uh, and uh, anyway, um, uh, a, a friend uh, and his wife were were uh, missionaries in Scotland and he sent me some stuff and uh, and uh, met a guy that. Uh, Told me he bought a set of small pipes from a maker named Hamish Moore, and Hamish was instrumental in, in the early days of the, um, uh, of the you know the development of I guess of bringing back the bellows blown Scottish pipes.
1: Yeah, I see that name all over the forums <coughs> and stuff. Hamish Moore small pipes are a hot item.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know so he had a couple of albums out that I listened to, and over and over and over I pretty much wore them out and. Uh, and then later on, I, uh, um, uh, it was actually Christmas of 1991. My wife contacted him and, and uh, ordered me a set. Uh, and then uh, they came in early '92. There was a workshop out in, uh, uh, in the mountains above Santa Rosa, California, and I attended that. And that's where I first became acquainted with, with these open sessions because mm-hmm. the small pipes will tune... Um, to, to the other other instruments to easily. A, a
1: "Quote unquote real pitch."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A four forty, and yeah. uh, and and so uh, uh, I spent a whole week learning new tunes. A lot of them were compositions of Hamish Moores and um, a new style of playing, which kind of uh, combined the uh, Scottish embellishments with with uh, with Irish ones, and uh, and then we. Um, uh, I spent the whole week with my cassette tape recorder going and I recorded every every minute of that thing and then I spent the next winter working and polishing off those tunes so I could actually play in the next session and we got out there uh, they repeated the the workshop in 93 uh, and I attended there and uh, and when the session started, they didn't play any of the same tunes from last <laughs> year. Yeah, you, so. you showed up with your notes, you were ready to go. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I, I had it all memorized. And uh, anyway, uh, and so um, uh, after 1994, Hamish told us that uh, he would be um, can- uh, discontinuing the, the California one uh, and because he was going to be spending the whole summer on Cape Breton Island. It's uh, some place that I had never heard of. But Cape Breton is part of Nova Scotia. Uh, it's an actual island separated by what they call a causeway, and uh, they bridge that so you can drive to it. It used to be uh, connected only by a ferry, but uh, so uh, he said he would teach at the Gaelic College, and if I wanted to continue, then that's where I should go. So. Of course, we took the whole family and and yeah, uh, went out there the next year and, and followed him from California uh-huh. to go with <laughs> Dakota. Yes, and he, he invited us to stay at his home and uh, we visited his home in in, uh, in Scotland um, and attended uh, Celtic, uh, Celtic connections with him and I got exposed there to um, a, a lot of Highland uh, piping. Uh, Liam O'Flynn, uh, Patty Keenan you know, were two of the you know two of the big names and. Uh, uh, attended a um a lecture by Liam O'Flynn and got a minute just to talk to him and I didn't you know I really didn't know much about him but I certainly learned later on uh, but um and then uh in Scotland we played a session in a pub but anyway back to Nova Scotia uh, they had the the, the step dance um, uh, tradition and uh, they kept it alive from old Scotland uh and there's there's a big, beautiful history, and a lot of the piping tradition, and that has been kept alive by a piper named Barry Shears. And uh, if uh, if people are interested in in in, in good old, I don't mean old Scottish, you know, dance music, uh, it would be through through Barry Shears. And that's what we played. We play here at my house. We so we. Do you recall but, how
1: Shears is spelled, just in case someone wants to look
0: it up. Yeah, S H E A R S. Uh, he li- he lives up in British Columbia now. Uh, the winters are a little bit m- more mild than uh, than they are in Nova Scotia. Mm. But uh, at the Gaelic College, we uh, we had our classes, and which included there was fiddle class, Gaelic language, Gaelic song. Uh, I would say this. I I, I would, you know somebody said, well, tell me about Cape Breton, and I said, well, I believe that's where God rested on the seventh day. Mm. Um, there's a spirit alive there uh, and a tradition and, and a history that's wonderful. And
1: well, I know that's, that's got to be close to Prince Edward Island, the setting it for is. the Anne of Green Gables books, which are, I think that sort of the, maybe the most important defining characteristics of those is the setting, just how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm.
0: It, uh, yeah, it's 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 very close. I mean, well, you, I, I believe there's a bridge now you can drive from can Nova Scotia. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can drive from Nova Scotia over to uh, Prince Edward Island. And, uh, 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 but um, um, but there at the Gaelic College they combine all of these. So if you're interested in Gaelic language and Gaelic song, the step dance, um, that's with the hands to the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not it uh, it's not at all like the uh, you know the Highland fling and uh, the 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 foot the uh, the um, the the feet produce a a a, percuss- a percussion that's actually uh, 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 accompanies the music and uh, so um, reels, stress bays, jigs, you know, all have their own um, uh, their own dance steps and uh, so well we went out uh, in 95 and came back and we were immediately homesick for the place so my wife invited some neighbors over for ice cream but before they got the ice cream they had to step dance and she would taken the classes and so oh, really? she taught them and I played my small pipes and uh, oh, most awesome. Some of our neighbors said, hey, it's not worth a bowl of ice cream, see you later. But uh, (laughs) uh, then later on, now my family's, uh, I guess, history with Nova Scotia uh, went over 10 summers in a row and uh, in the fall there's a a festival called uh, Celtic Colors and my wife and I attended there three times um, for that and so over 13 times in 10 years I did what I could to get um, Cape Breton music, um, ingrained and um, and so then uh, a couple of the a couple of the girls from the McMaster family, Erin uh, uh, and Alana went over and they learned the step dance and Erin went back a number of times and so when we have our our sessions here at my house, Erin comes down and she teaches the steps, calls the steps, and then the musicians uh, all play the music and. Uh, and we've got uh, a book. Uh, it's called Saturday's Sessions. On, it's on Facebook, and we have a, a, a book of our uh, of our arrangements. Robert McDonald composed some, and, and he arranged everything, put it in with the chords and all of that. And so uh, anybody can get that free of charge, and uh, you know, pick up some of those great tunes. There's a mix of of uh, uh, Irish. There's some Irish jigs, and uh, um, and, the, uh, and of course the Scottish, and then Robert's compositions
1: um i'm I'm gonna look that up larry i want to come and join you
0: sometime well i'd love it Uh, as far as i'm concerned a session can never be big enough i you know guitars whistles small pipes we even had a guy bring a tuba one time Oh, really? (laughs) yeah we've had a string bass accordions um, and uh and of course we haven't been able to do one this year because of the covid but we tried to we tried to have them monthly uh, here at the house, and, uh, uh, and, and, and everybody is welcome. And, you know, we've tried to combine it with some food, and, uh, and um, t- depending on the time of year, I've got a fire pit, we'll build a big fire out, and, you know, some people can, can stay warm. And, uh, but we've taken it on the road, you know, we've played a, a barn up in Alpine, and, and, and used to, when there was regular musicians, um we play weddings and that but you know we don't really don't get re- together to rehearse we we rehearse on stage the the uh uh you know while we're performing the uh, it's uh, it's meant to be relaxed and I call it a no fault session because no matter what you play it's right you just got to be playing and get uh 3 or 4 uh, baron players and they're not playing together and you know you have to kind of concentrate on your own on your own timing yeah. uh, but but you look and see the smiles on people's faces as they're as they're playing, and uh, I don't care if they're. <laughs> I don't. I, I just don't care what comes out as long as people are together. There's you know there's such a positive experience to bring people together, and that's. Um, Carlos Nunez is a Galician piper from northern Spain, and he says the beauty of the Celtic music or the strength of the well something anyway the quote goes. Um, I think it is the strength of the Celtic music is the community, and that's bringing, you know, singers, dancers, uh, musicians, and just listeners, toe tappers, you know, to, um, yeah. uh, together. And that's that's the real magic, and, and, and this kind of thing wouldn't have survived around, uh, had it not been for the pipe bands. Um, you know, sometimes we get fixed, uh, fixated, I guess, um, only on competition, and we leave out you know that 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 important entertainment or human human element of uh you know just the beauty of the music and, and bringing people together um competition tends to um take up a lot of our time because we rehearse over and over and over but in the process we we we're, we're just we're leaving just the opportunity to learn hundreds of other tunes uh com- completely out of it and and uh, uh and you know, there's there's so much that's missed because, you know. But again, say what you will about competition, it's that's the thing that has helped preserve the other stuff because people and the, they they um, they see wow, you know, here's this here's here's a penny whistle for example. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn if you want to learn to play the Iland pipes, get a penny whistle. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. I, I, I don't know if anybody else has called it that, and this may be, not be correct for everybody, but a penny whistle is kind of like, could be kind of like the practice chanter for the Olympites because mm-hmm. of the, you know, some of the notes are the same, the, the expression, the the, the the grace noting is uh, is the same. Uh, well, can be the same. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah I, you know. I mean,
1: I've heard it described as like Celtic jazz, right? The Olympites, yeah. you, you can kind uh, of do what you want in a lot of ways
0: there's more notes you know uh you cross finger and get you know some uh, uh some sharps and uh and some naturals um you know off of the off of the scale and and uh, uh and, you know and it by itself it you know it's a, it's a beautiful instrument but oh, yeah. still combining it with with a, a guitar player strumming chords uh Cape Breton, they um, always get out a piano, and uh, the Cape Breton style piano is a lot of chording and a lot of bouncing sound along and that and that. And so you hear a fantastic fiddle player like Buddy McMaster. Um, He uh, uh, by himself uh, was a was a was a big talent, but you add the keyboard, Mm -hmm. you know, and some of the other sounds along with it, it just it fills it up.
1: Yeah, just magic. Yeah. Is, and are the Illum pipes usually your go-to instrument for these sessions, or do you hop? No,
0: no. I, I primarily play the Scottish small pipes. Yeah. Uh, uh, my uh, my Ilan pipes pipes, purchased from a maker in Missouri named Kirk Lynch. Um, and at the time I purchased them, you know, the, you you buy a practice set, which is a chanter, right. and, yeah. and and and, a, and and a bellows and a bag. Then you can add your drones, and then they, that becomes uh, what they define as. Or is defined by some as, as a half set, mm-hmm. and then there's the uh, the full set of regulators, which you know produces that you know there's, there's keys on them, and it just opens up another note um, or another. Um, another. Se- uh, and, and you can play a chord, you know, right, uh, right. with those. So I believe a full set of oboe pipes uh, could have uh, seven reeds, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I've
1: watched videos of the. Uh I think it's Innes, Seamus Innis.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and you watch him playing with the, you know, the heel of his hand getting those mm-hmm. those chords yeah. out, and sometimes rhythmically mm-hmm. too. So it's like, yeah, know, so that's so, right. Like, Man, it's cool yeah. to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a, there, it takes a little bit more coordination, you that's know. But sure. uh, it's nice that you can sit down to play those. Uh, uh, but. Uh, I've kind of put the Ellen pipes away a little bit, uh, mostly over the last few years, because I've got a lot of band tunes to learn. I went back to the Salt Lake Scots, like I said, uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, I enjoy the association. You know, there's a lot of great people there, plus, you know, that's, uh, you know, where I started, although uh, I've got a photograph on my wall, and uh, from the time I started to now, most of the... Pipers on, on that you can see on the front rows of that are dead. So, uh, have,
1: you, have you played with any of the other local bands?
0: Oh well, yeah, I visited. Uh, yeah, I visited Garden um, um, Garden Valley uh, for, uh, for a short time, but uh, I would have liked to have been more involved. But you know, uh, a business and and uh, <laughs> yeah, it oh, just yeah, yeah. just wasn't just wasn't time for for a lot of things. Uh, there was a, a band briefly started up in Provo by uh, Gordon Nickel and Ed Terrace, and uh, um, as, uh, it became known as the Deseret Highlanders, and that I played with for a, a short time during its, its uh, period, and that was mm-hmm. where I had my first introduction to p um, yeah. G- Gordon Nickel is an excellent P-rock player, uh, um, and uh, yeah, he, he taught me my first one and uh, uh and um, do you remember I played, which, do you remember which P-Rip it was yeah, it was called the Glen Is mine and I, I i still play that a little bit uh, um, more um, i it seems I li- like
1: people' uh, kind of got a groundswell of popularity right now
0: yeah it it does and it's fantastic the uh, early uh, my my early piping experience pebrock was never mentioned um, uh, except by gordon and it was never part of the competitions mm. uh, however it is now and uh i've heard you know some of the some um some some great pebrockers uh, oh, i but getting name slips from me but actually there's a member of the um uh Wasatchian district that plays the Glen is mine uh and i've, I've stood and listened to him it's got to be and, i'm not remembering his name either but it's got to be the guy
1: who also plays for all the dancers right
0: oh let's see that would be um chris johnson that's who i
1: was thinking of Chris. yeah
0: johnson. yeah uh and um chris is with he, no no he's okay. with the salt lake scots always oh, because he?
1: uh, I've, I've heard chris Pebrock before and he was very steady yeah. and harmonic and beautiful, so I, I thought maybe it was
0: him. But. Yeah, actually, I was talking to him after this um, online uh, contest with, uh, that Yuri Chisholm uh, put together, and uh, he, he, he played the Glen is Mine uh, for that one. I, re- I remember calling on how much I enjoyed that one. Uh, uh, Trevor, Trevor DeMoss, he's the Pipe Major of the Salt Lake Scots, Trevor and Chris compete a lot and uh and uh, and and they're 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 doing they're doing uh, quite well uh, they're both both playing grade two um, uh, but i like i i love p rock now i uh, I attended piping hot summer drummer through the you know through the, the through the zoom platform this year mm-hmm. and uh, um, i had a during this you you're you're allowed to have a private lesson with one of the instructors and um Donald Lindsay was my uh, private instructor. Yeah, really? We we went over uh, uh, McVorish's Salute, which is a newer P-Rock written by Donald McLeod, you know, uh, I don't know, 70 years ago, so it's considered to be yeah, it's you great. know, one one of the new ones, and it's also one of the shorter ones, which I like. That's, that's necessary. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have the endurance that I used yeah. to have now, you know, but uh, um, that one's, you know, that one's done in about uh, seven minutes, and it's, it's, it's played, you know, uh, maybe considered by some to be a little bit brisk for a um, uh, for a Rock. And being a salute, it it it, it moves along uh, quite well and. Um, and uh, so,
1: I know. I know for my, for me, my first introduction to Peabrook was actually the six eight March Peebrook of Donald Dew. And <laughs> I, I had no idea what a Peebrook was, you know, for years
0: and years. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh,
1: no, you know, another weird word in a bagpipe tune title.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, it was a very weird word, very weird word with a very weird spelling. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I love that march. Uh, um, yeah, it's one of my favorites too. Yeah, we played it with all the blue bonnets are over the border when I first joined the Salt Lake Scots, We used to have this huge parade repertoire. And, uh, you know, that's kind of gone away because we've spent so much time working on a couple of sets to compete with. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you yeah, know, P. do I had to look it up. So, um, and I believe one of the, um, one of the English um, names is Black Donald's March.
1: Oh, I didn't know that
0: yeah um, do of course is black for in right. Gaelic like you scan do yeah.
1: well Larry if I if I didn't have a hard nine o'clock I'd just keep talking to you I, <laughs> I hope that I could convince you to talk to me again
0: oh I'd love to yeah this is fun it's kind of forced forced me to um, you know I guess wake up some old memories and I didn't realize, you know, I think about these events and all of those pipers that I started with, you know, that have died yeah. now. And most recently, of course, Don Baxter is just yeah. one of my favorite people on earth.
1: Yeah. A lot of people miss him. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as we put a button in this one though, um, I'm curious if you have any either that you've mentioned already or that you haven't mentioned um, any real good recommendations for anybody who listens to this uh, for uh, bagpiping, Music that they ought to listen to, artists, groups, etc.
0: I, yeah, I really like the folk groups uh, that employ that employ the bagpipes, the big pipes, the small pipes. Tannehill Weavers uh, was one of my very favorite ones. Their early, their early uh, albums when they first had brought in a piper named uh, Alan McLeod and the and the excitement of uh, of a song called um, Johnny Cope uh, with. Um, uh, uh, with the pipes playing uh, the Athol Highlanders, uh, but anything by uh, um, new and old by the Tannehill Weavers, the Battlefield Band also uh, ha- always had a good, um, uh, a good um, uh, piper and, uh, and very, uh, you know, uh, very exciting music. Um, as far as the solo pipers go, of course you, you know there's always Donald McLeod albums. Uh, if you're interested in Peebruck, he's got a full set of of um, um, uh, P-rock albums, where he where he does the uh, uh, does the, some speaking, he does some counteracting. Yeah, that's uh, right.
1: I've listened to some of those. He's got like ten uh, albums like that, yeah. right? And he speaks yeah. it first and then plays it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, he has his own col- collection of compositions. Uh, but if somebody's looking for books, um, I have the full set of uh, um, uh, Donald Macleod on my shelf. There's actually a guy in uh, Scotland who's uh, um, selling, um, who you might check out online. It's called Blow Pipes and Striking Drum, if you want to build your own personal library. Mm. Uh, and of course, uh, Barry Shears tops my list. Uh, unfortunately, Hamish Moore only put out one book, and I don't know if it's available anymore. Mm. Um, my solo, uh, solo piping that I really enjoy listening to is, uh, uh, among them is Anne Gray. Uh, uh, she was one of my instructors at the Gaelic College, and she's put out two books, but her first one is uh, no longer in print, but the second one has got a, um, a lot of great music in it. Um, you can cut me off any time I'm going too long. Huh. Yeah,
1: I've still got <laughs> 60 more seconds, so go, give, give me
0: a little more. <laughs> well, now I draw a blank. Uh, uh, you, go go to YouTube and watch uh, uh, these... Um, oh. Uh, you know some of these old John Burgess. Um, I've got a John Burgess CD, but uh, you can still see videos of him with Seamus McNeil on uh, uh, on um, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just I don't even know where to begin. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, well, keep like put down a list or something so we can talk.